Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm not Rescue Roy. When when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Oh, uh, right are, away, in fact. Are we not putting out the red stuff with the wet stuff this week? Oh, <laughs> yes, it, it is a very seasonally appropriate episode. So yeah, it is. Yes, actually. I, I kind of wish we recorded this a week earlier, but we don't really look ahead, and it's not like we could have moved the schedule around. No. We're a week off. No, that would would put stuff out of order. As we're recording this, this is the day after July 4th, and uh, this would have been a good episode for July 4th, at least the beginning of the episode. Yes. We we are uh, all very tired, or at least those of us in America are very tired of just random fireworks (laughs) going off that should not be that should not be uh, in the hands of private individuals yeah oh God. this is what i get for moving to town it's not even a real it's barely a town and yet <laughs> and yet here we are i i didn't really hear that many fireworks yet maybe there'll be some tonight i don't know but i've seen quite a few massive tents full of fireworks on sale actually my parents live out in the absolute sticks and they said that they my mom said that they were hearing fireworks too much last night. Mm. Like, even in the middle of nowhere, they had some disaster neighbors who were setting them off. <sighs> Sounds like a good way to have a forest fire. Good job. Or, you know, blow off some of your fingers. Yeah. Yes, blow up a cow. Uh. So, uh, yes, this uh, this is Rescue Boy, first aired August 11th, 2012, and uh, directed by Transformers veteran Marty Eisenberg. Yes! Uh, written. Or written well, by written. Transformers veteran Marty Eisenberg. Yes. Uh, this is the first of four episodes he wrote for uh, for Rescue Bots. Huh. And obviously, he has previously done a ton of other Transformers stuff. He was a story editor on Beast Machine, story editor on Animated, wrote a bunch of episodes of Transformers Prime... Uh, I I did see that, and I was like, of course he wrote the one that involves one of the human characters becoming a superhero. Yes, because he <laughs> has also written a ton of superhero stuff. Yes, and that was kind of a thing with the animated. Yes. Ooh. In fact, he apparently just wrote a bunch of episodes of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. Ooh, oh. that's cool. I was, for a second, I was like, did I meet him at a convention one time? But no, that was Marv Wolfman. Ah, same, same M. Yeah. We, we open having immediately gotten to the fireworks factory, as Huxley Prescott reports. <gasps> yes. There's, uh, there's a good bit of him in this episode, occasionally egging on underage children, which is not appropriate. Well, no, but much of what Huxley Prescott does is not appropriate. There's a lot of Huxley Prescott in this episode, and it made me start to wonder, wait, is he starting some of these problems in town? Because he's on the scene really <laughs> quick, like in every instance. Maybe maybe this is what happens when an episode of I Dare Me goes wrong. <laughs> it turns, he pretends, he scraps all the parts of it that were Shelf pretending. That episode. That were like, yeah, the actual episode, and then he's just reporting from on the scene of this fire <laughs> by the fireworks warehouse that he totally did not cause. Listen, listen, I, I, I'm living in this van. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta come up with some news stories in this town. I gotta eat. <laughs> Optimus Prime gave them this mission. Learn from the human. 
I still love I Dare Me. So, of course, the rescue bots are on the scene. Uh, Blades, uh, notably, has his scoop claw back. Yay! Yes. He picked up his scoop claw. He's just not using it all the time. He used it a couple times since then, but... He has used it a couple of times. Not that often. And yes, though, so everybody's on the scene. Uh, stuff is blowing up all over. Uh, the building is starting to collapse. Yeah, it's it's pretty big. It's a lot of fireworks going off all over the place. It's mm-hmm. very and, uh, festive. And Blades, much like uh, many people and most dogs, does not understand why humans think explosions are entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Poor baby Blades. He's just... He's just a little PTSD baby. Listen, they're going to need like one of those vests to like attach him to to Danny. Yes, a I, vest? I was thinking like a thunder shirt. <gasps> thunder shirt. That's like, what I was trying to think of. Maybe yeah. his claw functions like an like a thunder shirt, <laughs> and that's why they, Danny was like, "Why don't we? We'll take your claw. Yes. It'll be okay. You don't need to hide under the porch. No, uh, I." Those things are supposed to work, and I got it specifically for one of my cats to help me cut her toenails. Mm-hmm. She crawls out of that no matter how tight I put it on. It does <laughs> not work on her. My cats were not at all impressed by the fireworks. They were just like, okay, that's fine. Where is Bird? <laughs> anyway, so the the Chief Burns and Cody, they're trying to you know shoo people away to stop... You know, because everybody wants to see the pretty fireworks, but that puts them at risk of being crushed by debris. Yes. So maybe don't do that. And and the chief is all, uh, you know, Cody, you are also a bystander because you're like nine or I can't remember how old he is. but it's... <laughs> Not old enough to be in the middle of significant peril. Yes, you you are a child, Cody. You must stay away from these dangerous explosions. But nevertheless, while everybody else is distracted, uh, Mr. Sharma, a local, uh, local citizen, is, uh, distracted and this runs his fire, his, uh, forklift into some supporting beams here. I, I think actually, uh, my theory is that the forklift is a Constructicon because it was Constructicon colored. Oh, it's Dirt Boss. Yes. So therefore, it is actually evil. <laughs> but it, it was hovering, wasn't it? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, it's a uh, Griffin Rock. You got to blend in. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a local evil forklift. Yes. So they, uh, so he, you know, gets on his uh, hoverboard, gets in there, and gets him out of there. But then, because he left his hoverboard behind, has to go back for it, and then almost gets crushed by debris. Oh no! But luckily, he is saved in slow motion by uh, Chase and the Chief. Yes, though he does. I mean, he is using the. So the thing is, the hoverboard hovers by having a repulsor field on the bottom, mm-hmm. and he does deflect some of the beams first before Chief and Chase can come and and get him. So we have a little bit of lead up to what's going to keep happening here. Yes. So, so we're all back at the fire station, and everybody's pretty mad at Cody for nearly getting pulped. Yeah, well, I mean, they were all pretty busy. Yes. So now, you know, 
Cody, you cannot participate in any rescues in person. You're in the firehouse for good. Yeah, he needs to stay in dispatch. Yeah. So, obviously, he's pretty upset about this. So the, the robots, you know, they try and cheer him up. And they try and figure out some way where he can go into uh, dangerous situations but still be safe. Uh, first uh, solution is an extremely pa- is a padded suit that does not allow him to lower his arms. Yes, it's basically just like a big balloon suit. It's pretty adorable. I mean, I mean, um, oh, what is it? A Christmas story. A Christmas story. Yes. And and what is the uh, yes. what is the Transformers connection to a Christmas story? I don't remember. There's a Transformers connection. There is. Uh, you know the bully in that, uh, Scott Farkas, the guy who had like yellow eyes. Yes, vaguely. That guy's in the first Transformers movie, the first Michael Bay one. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. You know the they're like a bunch of soldiers with uh, Epps and Josh Duhamel, and there's a Hispanic oh, yeah. guy, and there's like an extremely Boston go- guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the extremely Boston guy. Huh. Uh, actor Zach Ward. I, or, uh, I uh, hope I don't get stabbed by a uh, robot scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably now forget that because it's about the Bay movies, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about the best one, though. That's fair. Yeah, it's the one that's actually a movie. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so th- so that doesn't work. Uh, they next try putting him in the bubble tent, yes. which does not work. No, because he just rolls away. Yes. Uh, do- I don't understand how that tent is supposed to be something you can sleep in. <laughs> it's not It's not a fun. Yeah, no, well, you, you got to put some weights in it or something. No. I guess. So it's, it's too round. How, how is it? Like, it needs a flat bottom or it should be like pyramidal yeah. shaped or something. And then Chase's idea, airbag suit. Yes. Which was kind of what the balloon suit already was. Also, I like when he's in the balloon suit, he complains he can't put his arms down. And Heat Wave just sort of holds his arms down. <laughs> and then lets go and they pop back up. <laughs> he tried. Which wasn't that actually part of the, the outfit in a ah, Christmas story? story? I think it is, yes. Yes. They pushed his arm down and then they just pop back up. Anyway. Although... Um, the progression of systems and moving to airbag things made me think of that. Um, oh, what was that? The suit called that some crazy man was trying to make to be anti-Grizzly. Oh, Project Grizzly. Oh, oh, that's what. That's it was. a Canadian classic. It's Canadian. That guy uh, died tragically. I mean, I mean, they made a documentary. I mean, the guy was Canadian, mm-hmm. and uh, they made the documentary about him was also Canadian, I believe. Yes, it probably Holy. would be. Everything about this is just extremely Canadian. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't make these rules. Anyway, so uh, so they they decide that maybe instead of trying to, you know, couple something ourselves, we should try Doc Green. He's probably got some insane, dangerous invention. And surprise, he does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. I'm honestly kind of surprised that he didn't have something pre-built. Yes. That he was actually like, I know, I, I have a great idea I'll get back to you tomorrow. And it wasn't like I have been sitting on this ridiculous, dangerous thing for 20 years. So it's a, it's a repulsor. But yes, he, he, he is like, I will build this ridiculous thing immediately. Yes. 
in in a garage. So not everybody a cave. goes over there. The robots, of course, cannot go in. But Blades keeps trying to peep. Yes, but Chase tells him that uh, peering into windows is socially unacceptable and illegal. <laughs> I am kind of surprised. I I feel like you shouldn't be able to say so. Arrest me to Chase. <laughs> Because that's, I mean, he he will he will arrest you. Yes, he will. But Blades you, got away with it this time. You you are going down to the station with Deputy Barney. <laughs> yes, but he got away with it this time. Yes. So yeah, it uh, so it it is a repulsor badge. He uh, he straps it on to his chest, much like the arc reactor on uh, on Iron Man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's even except not red like and gold. literally into his. Heart. Yes. Chess, I mean, it is right like spot. a. Well, it's it's like the rescue bots insignia. Yeah, yeah, it's like a fire department badge, rescue mm. department badge kind of shape, but just you know affixed directly to his chest, maybe about the size of a dinner plate. Yeah. And so it it forms a force field around him, sort of uh, uh kind of a, a Unis the Untouchable uh, kind of thing. <laughs> yes. With a control valve, unlike, well, okay, it does kind of end up being like Unis's. Wasn't one, one of Unis's problems at some point that he couldn't eat because he couldn't get the food? Yes. Yes, that it once happened that he starved to death after his powers went out of control. <laughs> yeah. Or as uh, some people have sort of uh, theorized about Superman in one of the various things oh, to yeah. explain his powers, that he sort of has like a force field around him, which is also why he can like pick up buildings without them crumbling. Or yeah, well, catch Lois Lane in midair with her, out her turning into like a meat slurry. I think that was like five or more years ago. Like a physicist actually wrote that paper. Okay, I forget what. I, I, forget I, I seem to remember that John Byrne used that in the eighties when he had Gladiator fight the Fantastic Four. Oh. That's Gladiator, the like purple Mohawk guy who is Marvel's yeah. Superman I was going to say analog. the Shi'ar guy, one of the analogs of Superman. Yes, and not Marvel. not the not the Daredevil villain with who is the guy with power tools attached to his wrists. <laughs> that seems much less impressive than the Shi'ar Gladiator. Yes. So as as we see, this this thing can repel uh, both tomatoes and uh, giant crates. Yes. Well, it breaks through the giant crate. But it's still kind of crazy that he went straight he went straight to dropping a giant crate on Cody. <laughs> much to the horror of everybody. Yes. But it was an empty crate, so it's like uh, I don't know. It should have been it should have bounced off instead of breaking through. It seemed to break the rules of the repulsor kind of. Also, well, we no because we see the repulsor break things. Yeah. It just repulsed what was directly around him to the point where it broke it. So, because yes. I guess it was braced by the rest of the crate. Anyway, what what we're overlooking here is that turning the uh, the repulsor up all the way makes Cody go Super Saiyan. Yes. Jen, what's his power level? It's definitely over nine thousand. What nine thousand? He just his hair. I mean, he's blonde already, so I'll give. Him, but it does. Yes. His hair goes all up and gets kind of glowy, and just everything is kind of glowy, and and he goes Super Saiyan. It's ridiculous. Yes, <laughs> Cody can't yes, just it is. Go Super Saiyan. It's not right. <laughs> cut, cut to five hundred guys arguing on the internet over whether he could beat Goku. Yes. 
What would the repulsor? It's a, how strong is the repulsor? Because can a punch get through the field? If it's fast enough. I mean, presumably the field re- responds at a much faster rate than normal movement. Yes. Now we're getting into Ken Cody fight Goku territory, and <laughs> we should not do that. And I guess on the bright side, he does not turn into like a, a giant gorilla when the moon is full or yes. something. No, not I'm yet. not sure how that works. We don't know if there's any where hybrid episodes in the future yet, or I don't know. Actually, there kind of I actually there kind of is. No, there we go. No, why? But uh, although people are turning into uh, giant hairy monsters. No. Although in the most recent Dragon Ball Super movie, uh, Goku kind of punched through time and space in the middle of a fight. There, there was there was one segment <laughs> where like color went nuts. I didn't realize he was Superboy now. Kind of. Can't just do that. Yeah, Goku just, he just does not care for this new Legions of Superhero continuity. <laughs> Stupid Superboy Prime. Well, Boo kinda is Matter Eater Lad. Anyway, he can't go Super Saiyan too frequently because much like much of Dr. Doc Green's technologies, it will overload and explode. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because Doc Green doesn't understand making the dial stop at 10. All his dials have to go yes. to 11. Or having time limits on things like wasn't it? Oh, the 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 Fuses? satellite dish. Thing he doesn't believe in the, the power. He doesn't. Yes. He doesn't believe in fuses. Yeah. <laughs> or shut off timers or anything. Circuit breakers. Safety measures. Or... <laughs> uh, like like giving any of this mad Iron Man tech to a small child. Yeah. Well, the the chief is a little more sensible about this because he's okay. You can use this, but we're going to start with small. By which I mean changing a truck tire. <laughs> yes, it's going to help. I mean, to be fair, it's a pretty dramatic changing of the truck tire because Boulder is holding up this truck that has all these big uh, concrete pipes strapped to the back of it, and he's yes. just doing it by holding it up uh, while yes. Graham and. Cody changed the tire, so it's kind of a pretty dramatic tire changing. Yes, and it just so happens that they're uphill from where uh, the mayor is uh, is unveiling a statue of one of the city's most ven- most uh, illustrious citizens himself. I think what you mean is it's right uphill from where the mayor is revealing an egregious misappropriation of city funds. <laughs> For an unwanted statue that deserves to be torn over. And it, also, and he they complains didn't put that, his... They didn't put his hair he on. He complains it doesn't have a comb over. Like... Yes, the, the, statue is, the statue of me is too bald. Yes. They did not give him his toupee. But the fact that he was specific about comb over. Like, not just better hair. Comb over specifically. Well, I mean, he, I mean, if he, like, asked him to give him, like, a long flowing mane, that would look ridiculous. Well, yes, but, like. He just wanted to be slightly less bald. Yeah. Like, like Bruce Willis bald. Yeah. Like, pre shaving his head, Bruce Willis bald. Oh, well, not. Not like cue ball, Bruce Willis bald. <laughs> not like knockoff Jonathan Statham looking Bruce Willis. 
No. Yes. Oh, Jason Statham. Bah, said the name wrong. Yes. Anyway, so the, these pipes come loose. They go rolling towards this statue. This and gross uh, Huxley Prescott is on the scene. Town funds. <laughs> yes. A cylinder of doom, a path of destruction, a mayor too out of shape to escape. <laughs> yeah. I bet Marty Eisenberg had a lot of fun putting so much Huxley Prescott in this episode. Yes. Yeah. He seems like a character he would have fun with. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's the character that would most fit in animated, other than uh, Boulder just being sort of a slight copy-paste of Bulkhead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So, Boulder stops two of these pipes, but the third one is still heading towards to, to pulp the mayor until <gasps> Cody goes in front of, powers up his suit, goes in front of it, it just shatters. And it's, it's pretty cool. Mm. See, this is the problem with giving any, I would say any of Dot Green's technology to a child is, okay, so you have something where it doesn't have any fuses or appropriate dial settings or anything. You can just keep turning it up and turning it up and turning it up forever. You give that to someone like Graham and you're okay, but you give it to a child and a child also doesn't understand maybe don't turn the knob up all the way. So, yeah, that's what? definitely Cody then proceeds throughout the rest of the episode to always have it at its highest setting. Pretty much, yeah. It could have been worse. He could have given it to Cade. I guess. Would have gone Cade full is... supervillain quicker. I mean, he's just going to use it to impress girls. Kate is also basically a child, so that's fair. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so obviously he gets interviewed by Prescott. He's just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a superhero. I'm just a, a boy on the rescue team. He's like, you heard him. He calls himself Rescue Boy. Also, I, I apologize. I have a lot of cat shenanigans going on in the background. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you can hear Arya demanding to to go outside right now, but she's stopped loudly romping through the room with her brother and decided that she absolutely needs to go hang out outside right now. Anyway. Well, indeed, as as we talk, I just had uh, uh, some dog shenanigans come into the room Aww, with me here. Aw, puppy. Cats are not in here this time. Uh, at this point in the episode, I expected, like... I expected there was going to be a headline, or, well, they don't really have newspapers, they have hologram newspapers, they, Rescue Boy Threat or Menace, but it never quite got that far. <laughs> well, that's the thing, there's never any ambiguity with Prescott, it's either, he's, he's the best thing in this town since sliced bread, or we've got to run him out of town on a yes, rail. He yeah. he is absolutely not one for, like, debating things, he decides He's not one of these we report, you decide kind of journalists. He is an I'm going to tell you how things are journalist. I report, I decide. Basically. But, you know, Cody decides to lean into the superhero thing by making himself a super yes. suit. It's yes. a dark blue jumpsuit, loose, not like tidy whities or anything. But And no. he's got like red gloves and he's got his little harness for his badge, and it's a little, it, it's, and he's got, like, clear goggles. So it's, it's yes. subdued, it's, it's not bad. 
Uh, anytime I, I see superhero costuming like this, I start categorizing it uh, from in the style of the old uh, encyclopedia of superheroes that my, my high school library had, and I eventually gleefully found a copy of from, like, 1985 that, like, describes everyone's costumes in exacting details. So, so yes, he's got the goggles and the jumpsuit and the, the red gloves. It's very subdued. Yeah, it, it, it's no George Perez design. It's no, no Condor Man. <laughs> Oof, no. And, and meanwhile, the, the rescue bots have decided to read up on superheroes from informational pamphlets. <laughs> well, Chase yes. calls them informational pamphlets, which is pretty great. I mean, that's how I think of them. Yes, same. Well, well, if he's reading the handbook, yes. <laughs> Cody, do you engage in regular, in, uh, in, uh, regular exercise? Uh, what, what is your power level? Or in, sorry, intensive regular exercise. How many tons can you lift or repulse? <laughs> anyway, so you know the chief is telling you know you are not really a superhero. You've got to be responsible with this, and so sure enough, he is acting recklessly. Next time we see him, by knocking down a tree to stop an out of control garbage truck robot. From crashing into a gas station. Yeah, th- this is like Griffin. Again, Huxley Prescott is right on the scene. Griffin oh, yes. Rock really does have a lot in common with near future Detroit. <laughs> the the, yeah. the out of control garbage robots. Oh man, I, I hope we don't. Uh, I hope Clarence Boddicker doesn't come to town. That <laughs> <laughs> oh. Chief Burns, cops don't like me, and I don't like cops. <laughs> Oh, no, no, do not what bring shotguns to this peaceful little island. Fanzone is going to come hang out with Chief Burns. Oh, those two are just going to have a have a beer, watch the game, and complain about yes. robots. Yes. <laughs> but yes, that seems like a very animated little action thing to have happen. <laughs> out-of-control garbage robot. Yes. It just seems weird that, like... He broke down the tree to stop the runaway thing when he could have just stood in the front of the runaway garbage truck. Well, he's trying he, to be careful. Yeah. He's trying not I to guess. put himself in unnecessary danger. By breaking a tree right next to the gas station that might explode if this truck hits it. Sure. Yes. And the chief agrees with you because he it takes the badge. He is grounded. Yeah, he's grounded. Yeah, but once again, uh, peril awaits, because a small boy has climbed an incredibly tall transmitter tower to get a trying kite? to get his lost I, kite back. I, like, oh my god, little how, kid, how did what he the get hell? That high? I mean, it's got a ladder on the side. Things like that tend to have service ladders on the side. Yes, but like, it's, yeah. it's super windy, unless it wasn't windy when he was climbing up it, but then why would the kite be up there if it wasn't super windy? It, uh... The thing is, kids are dumb. Yes. The yes. moral of this episode is kids are dumb. <laughs> yes. I mean, Mr. Pennypaws has more self-preservation instincts than this I child. Did kind of, this I did kind of expect it to be Mr. Pennypaws, but no, it ended up being some generic child. 
Yes. So, uh, so Blades, it's too windy for Blades to get close. Uh, Cade can't climb up because it's also too windy. Blades declares the wind to be his greatest enemy. Yes. Yes. Oh, and again, I should have been started keeping a tally when we began this. Another human falls into the hands of a robot and goes clang and got, should be splatted. Yeah. Cade this time. Heatwave has to catch Cade. Which is... I mean, it hasn't happened a lot, but this is like the fourth, fifth time, maybe? Yeah. So, soon enough, it is time for Rescue Boy to come out of retirement. And he does do a superhero landing. Yes, he sure does. Does a, It's a very so Iron he, Man he, superhero landing. So he, he successfully saves this kid, but then he has turned it up too high one too many times and as expected it starts overloading and just he's just trapped in this giant bubble of energy that's just zapping everybody who comes close to it and the animation on the electricity here is really cool it's it is pretty cool yeah again it, it's it's more dragon ball yes the, the the repulsor bubble starts shooting out yellow lightning which looks does look cool yes yes also he's in a crater Yes, he's he's in a crater. Does he make the crater, or was it already there? I think he makes the crater. Yeah, I think okay. that's sort of caused by his suit going supernova. And just, mm-hmm. It's repulsing the ground around him. Yes. And, and Blades declares he has a new mortal enemy. Yes. Oh, yes and previously, they were talking about how they've just become sidekicks to Cody. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which depressed them. Yes, because if he's the, the hero and they're cleaning up after him, what does that make them? And, and Chase points out that the informational pamphlets say that that makes them sidekicks. And that's sad. <sighs> Poor child. Yes. So, so luckily, they, hit, they, they, get, they get in terms of Doc Green, and Doc Green, perhaps anticipating that he might be have to become the supervillain counterpart to Cody's superhero, has designed... Uh, dampening gloves which can penetrate the repulsor field but the problem is you have to get close enough to do so first yes and so they determine that it sort of has like a motion sensor aspect to it so they just have to move very slowly it's like that scene in sneakers (laughs) (laughs) so while somebody seduces Stephen Tobolowski the rest of us are going to move very slowly with these gloves on also, game. they I just quickly so have to. They quickly have it's to. It's a strong recommend. That movie rules. They have to quickly fabricate some robot-sized gloves, so that's nice. Also, it occurs yes. to me that if if this moved ahead in time a little further and Dot Green had three D printer technology, things would get even worse. Yes. <laughs> So we we be thankful for small favors. So finally, Boulder gets in there, grabs the badge, and because it is just moments away from exploding, throws it up into the air where it explodes harmlessly. As you do. And then uh, Cody is left in the center of the crater in a Yamcha-like position. No! (laughs) He's fine! I don't get that, but okay. Oh, do I have to Google that for you? 
Yamcha is the punching bag of Dragon Ball, and he okay. ends up dead in a crater when a little oh. uh, lima bean alien monster that was grown blows up. He probably comes back. Ooh. Everyone in that show comes back all the time. Well, yeah, he gets wished back twice, I think. Okay, I I recognize that guy from having seen Dragon Ball. He's, yes, that, that pose. He's the guy who I think I initially assumed was like Goku's brother or something, because they kind of have the same haircut. Yeah. Yeah, they pretty much... It, it, he's there are he's points not as like, good as Krillin. I like Krillin. Yeah, K- Krillin, Krillin is the strongest human being. Krillin is the one who looks like Charlie Brown. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. He doesn't have a nose, though. Which, oh, I, I forget where it is in the story, but there's actually at least one point where that becomes a plot point in a fight that he doesn't have a nose. I think it's in the original Dragon Ball. But like, what? He's immune to something because he can't smell. I didn't realize he literally didn't have a nose. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. I thought it was just a... Well, that's back when it was a gag, more of a gag manga, so it, it was like, he doesn't have a drawn nose. He's immune. <laughs> he well, just can Man. For comedic effect. I love how silly Dragon Ball is, and that's like not the part anyone cares about yes. at all. <laughs> Except good people. Yeah. Anyway, so he, anyway, uh, yeah, so rescue he, boy, no more. Yes, he's just gonna toss that costume in a garbage can and walk away. And uh, yeah, that is it. But you know, the chief says, you know, maybe you can come along on some of our missions sometimes. Okay, maybe. And uh, yeah, that that is about it. Uh, you know, it, it you know it's a it's a pretty it's a it's a fun episode. I I always enjoy the little touches that uh, Marty Eisenberg brings to a script. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought the climax was very nicely animated. Yeah, good comedy, lots of Huxley. Uh, mm, yes, going more into the superhero vein, which is always fun. Yes, yes. and the, yes, the more Huxley Prescott, the better. Yes, yes, it's, it's a good fun episode with some. Very silly nods to other things, and I enjoy it a lot. And, and considering the mayor almost gets killed, the peril level is actually lower this episode. I mean, it, it, it the the last five minutes or so of the episode does involve a small boy about to explode. Yeah, but Wait, I mean, compared well, you know, to like, I didn't realize the, he was going to explode until the thing exploded at the end. Yeah, but it's goofy enough just, that it's like it's it's a yeah. weird enough situation that it's not just you know being trapped in a hole, you know, it's filling with water or something. Almost drowning. Yeah, being trapped in the lead mine was pretty scary. Yes. Yeah. All right, so I believe that now brings us to uh, David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yay! This week on Kyuku Sentai. Go, go, five! Little Kid Rescue Soldiers. Wait a minute. Oh. We might have brand synergy here. Child Soldiers? Oh, no. Well, it's, uh, oh, what is it? In Kibuko QQ Senshi. Senshi is sort of means soldier, because Sentai sort of translates as squadron. Senshi is more soldier, you know, like Sailor Moon is a Sailor Senshi. Anyway, the... Uh, what is it? It's vacation time because they defeated the the big bad eldest of the brothers of the, the calamity monsters. So they get they get to go on a little vacation. They get to go to a hotel. Their dad says it's okay, 
And then it turns out, no, I've just conned you here. You're going to be the security for a science conference about the planetary conjunction that's coming up that is will bring about the end of the world. Kind of. <laughs> Man, fiction loves planetary alignments. Yeah. Yes. It's always fun. Well, especially since, well, this like, was in I don't even know how planetary alignments are. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, they are an actual thing, but they're not an actual thing that causes, you know, Unicron to be reborn or whatever. Yes. Well, they do. Lining up gravity, it does perturb gravity enough to be noticed, but not enough to, like, cause worldwide earthquakes and nonsense. Not enough to bring Unicron back or whatever. Was that what no. 2012 was? Maybe there was I think a that might. I think that was a planetary alignment. Oh, I love that movie so much. It's on or, Netflix. I think, I'm yeah, watch I think it there so actually much. was an actual. Some planets were lining up around 2012. I forget if it was that year. I'm just going to have it, it on in the background while I'm cleaning and working <laughs> on other things and just sleeping. <laughs> oh, actually, I was mistaken. Apparently, 2012 is a solar flare. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's neutrinos from a solar flare that are heating Earth's core. And that makes Yellowstone explode. And That's correct. Woody Harrelson have to run away from it. Aww, <laughs> he's so ridiculous in that movie. He's so Woody Harrelson in that movie. What's what's the hair situation in that? Is it a red wig? What his hair? Yes. I don't know. It's it's sort of mullety. Okay. Well, that it's, doesn't some, it's not like, much. That's often what he gets. I, I mean, are we talking like balding mullety or like? We're putting him in a wig. I think he's wearing a hat. Okay. I think he's wearing a hat most of the time, actually. I'm mostly thinking Ooh, of this because uh, since seeing Venom, I cannot stop thinking about Woody Harrelson in bad <laughs> wigs. <laughs> no, there, I, I'm an... pretty sure he's... Now i got to look it up. Okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure that he's just wearing a hat most of the time. Yes. And maybe when move, we can have movies again, yeah, there will be... Oh, let there be wow. carnage. I forgot how ridiculous the hat he's wearing in that movie is, actually. I thought maybe it was a normal hat, but it's actually a ridiculous hat. <laughs> okay, so David, continue. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so they don't get to have fun time at the pool. They just have to watch over these scientists in case the bad guys attack. Surprise, the bad guys attack. But the first sign that, that they... Calamity monster family are there is Dinas, the sister of the family, in a bikini poolside. So we get a little bit of fan service, and then they have to chase her, and yada, yada, yada. The monster of the week shows up, Age Regression Zyron. Wow, that is a ridiculous hat. Okay. So it's like a mermaid monster thingy kind of... Well, it's not really a mermaid, but it's got, like, fins. It's fish-themed. And it, it regresses people's ages, like its title says. So first it turns all the scientists younger. Then it de-ages all the ranger men. So everyone in the episode is kids except for the pink ranger. Who has to fight off Dinas. Hey, it's the female character on each side fighting off episode, which does happen in most series at some point. Kids are hiding, there's cliff diving, the kids have forgot, they don't have any memories, they've regressed to the age they are, so they don't remember what their sister looks like, it's kind of weird <laughs> logic. 
At one point, Dennis sends a message to meet in a cave to fight to the Pink Ranger. And her method of sending a message, not like a skeleton on the moon this time, she sends a bat puppet, which is kind of an adorable bat puppet that's just, you're just swinging around Aww. on strings and, and it's sort of this monstrous little great. bat puppet. Uh, oh, and th- their dad, of course, was at the conference. He's also regressed into a little child. Cause it seemed weird that, like, everybody gets regressed to, like, eight years old or so. And it would have been nice if dad re- was regressed to younger, like it was a set time limit. But no, he's also a child with the same haircut. He just doesn't have gray hair or a mustache anymore. So are they all the same age? Yeah, they're all sort of, okay. like, eight-ish age. So they all regress to the same age and not just minus yeah. whatever number of years. Okay, I understand. It's a uniform regression, which is kind of weird. Anyway, um, they fight on a rocky beach, which I swear I have seen in other Sentai before. But it's a really weird rocky beach where, like, there's a big flat section. There's a lot of water smacking against the rocks, lapping up, which I think it might be near... what. The Toei logo, the the company that produces Sentai and stuff, their logo is like splashing water up behind rocks. I should probably get a link for that in a bit. But I think it might be around there. But doing stunts there always seems weird because it's like a really uneven, rocky... It's flat, but not flat. And it's hard to imagine, like, the actors tumbling and rolling around on that ground. Because it's it's either going to injure you or slice up your suit does not look fun. Ow. Anyway, the, the fight happens. The Pink Ranger blows off the mermaid's, like, ear fins, and then everybody returns to their proper age so they can have a final fight, and Liner Boy gets thrown fastball special. The monster's defeated. <laughs> Yay. Thanks. All right. Um... And then, then they get to have pool time at the end of the episode, a little bit of swimming, and then there's another cap on that. Like, oh, it's not just a happy ending, because the conference has figured out we have ten days remaining before the planetary conjunction when shit goes crazy, and, and they reveal the face of Grand Witch, Grand Witch Grandine, the mother of the aliens. Like, I don't know how somehow... They're getting a visual in this conference on a big screen of the monster mom's face. It, whatever, it, it's magic. Calamity is coming in 10 days. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, it, it is weird magic. Magic. Oh, and, and it doesn't say like to be continued or ending. It says, um, 10 days remain or something. Oh. Like it's changed the subtitle. Of the episode, which is neat again. Ooh. Yeah, so having li- little... Although the kids really didn't do that much fighting, they do help save the kid scientists from a cave. They're not actually doing Power Ranger fighting, which would have been a bit much like, ah, oh, kid-friendly episodes. Please, not too many. <laughs> they bore me. <laughs> this one was okay. Gotta do kid stuff. Gotta have kids. Children. Children buy toys. Gotta sell toys. Yeah, I know it's a kid for shows and you're trying to sell the toys, but it's like, it, it's the the thing that, like, when we were kids, there usually wasn't that many kid appeal characters in cartoons and stuff, and we still liked the shows. It's like we had Spike Wiki, who was indeterminate age, but had a construction job, so 
<laughs> yeah, that was always kind of sketchy. Well, the cartoons that well we're watching, well, Rescue Bots it makes sense to have a kid character, but like everything else, like do we need a kid appeal character? Kids can look up to like, at least teenagers and college kids, like aspirational. You don't have to have an annoying child. Although I guess the kids in Prime were pretty good. I'm still not entirely sure they needed three of them. Mm. Oh, a cat on my desk. Come on. A cat does the thing. Why do you do this Anyway, that's it for this week. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh... That is uh, it for us this week. But we, until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help with uh, hosting and other expenses, such as the domain renewal I just had to do. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. This month, we're watching some GoBots. That's right. And I do mean challenge of thee. That's right. We have been challenged by the GoBots. Yes. And we might discover why the title is Challenge of the GoBots. <laughs> we we, we didn't actually find this. <laughs> well, it was a little challenging. I have a suspicion. It was challenging to watch, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah. Uh, come to our Patreon for... As little as a dollar a month, uh, you can catch our monthly series and our archive of previous monthly episodes where we watch fun random things like popular new movies, popular old movies, random episodes of old cartoons, GoBots. <laughs> I got a cat. All right. Yeah. So that does it for us. Until next time when we begin the season-ending two-parter. <gasps> dun 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 until then i'm rob i'm jen and this purring thing on top of me is benjen and i'm david watching lots and lots of sentai i'm on my third series now well fourth series Ooh. I, I could just mush the microphone up against his chest if you wanted to get a sample of cat purring. Well, you could. Oh, you good boy. Are you done chasing your sister around?
Okay. Yes. Okay. No, Arya just came like romping directly into the room. I was like, oh no. Oh, I, I just want to say on. that uh, not only they, you know, those uh, those reaction figures that are sort of like like old school style action figures. They yes. they not only have a a glowing RoboCop, but they also have a glow in the dark version of that guy who gets melted by toxic waste in RoboCop. Yes, oh, I saw that when I was trying to look up what exactly this guy's deal was. I saw that they there was a reaction figure of a guy getting melted by toxic waste that also glows in the dark. Don't touch me, man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Robocop. He does have the little... Yeah. The little cap action. <laughs> oh. All right, I don't so know if they even sell caps anymore. I don't think they do. I maybe in a dollar store. I haven't seen them in since I was a kid. I think. I there was a brief period as a teenager when some of us discovered that you could just like like scrape the stuff out and put like a couple caps worth in a little piece of tissue paper and stomp on it, and it was very satisfying. 